This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put, oh, he's the worst up the right sideline. Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Welcome, everybody, to the DCTS Small College Podcast. My name is Mike Craven. I am the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I'm joined on Zoom with our small college insider, Corey Hogue. Corey? How are you handling uh, week one being done? Kind of got the first real test run out of the way. Man, what a weekend. It was it was it was insane. And getting back into kind of the rhythm of the season is nice, but man, it's also it, it takes an adjustment. It really does. It absolutely does. I was walking around with the Sunday scaries all last week, knowing we were gonna have, you know, forty seven different programs to keep up with. But I, I think we got through the first week pretty good. Uh, this is the first time we, we're ever doing one of these podcasts. We're going to try to do this once a week, every Tuesday, uh, where we kind of review three or four of the biggest games at the small college level over the weekend, and then we preview three of the four uh, of the biggest games uh, coming up this upcoming weekend. So we'll start with the review. Uh, number one, the first game that came up, that was your game of the week, one that you watched every snap of and have a, a three things about on TexasFootball.com for people who want to read more. Number 14, Incarnate Word, beats number nine, Southern Illinois, 64-29. to 29. And G.J. Kinney's coaching debut, I always want to make it J.G. Kinney, but it's G.J. Kinney. The Cardinals jumped out to a 22-0 lead by the end of the first quarter. New quarterback, Lindsey Scott, threw for 391 yards and six touchdowns. Taylor Grimes and Darian Chafin both recorded more than 100 yards. And the defense limited Southern Illinois to 2.2 yards per rush on 55 attempts. Corey? As somebody who watched every single snap of this game, I guess what are the things that really stood out to you in Kenny's debut uh, as the Incarnate Word head coach? You know, early on in that game, UIW scored 22 points on seven offensive plays. And, and they had a lot of help with that because SIU, the deep snapper, was doing a distance uh, competition, I guess, and he snapped it out of the back of the end zone the first time. The third punt, he snapped it well over the head. So he gave them nine points of those 22 there. But, you know, what what impressed me most about UIW wasn't that quick start. It was in the second half. SIU came out, pulled within 10, and then we saw Lindsey Scott Jr. take over. We saw Taylor Grimes, who set the career record for receiving uh, yards for UIW in that game. We saw him take over. Darian Chaffin, they've got dynamic receivers all over the field. And Lindsey Scott Jr., that offense hasn't missed a beat. They're going to be really good, and that defense is one I was really watching. And they they settled in there in the second half, and they dominated from that point on after SIU pulled within 10. Yeah, I think the main storyline around Incarnate Word this offseason was obviously the loss of Eric Morris, the head coach. But even more than that, Cam Ward at, at quarterback, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You feel like Lindsey Scott has the talent, the ability to kind of lead this team to to the same heights, if not even higher than last year? I really do. After watching that first game, it, there's really not a lot of difference. Uh, Lindsey Scott is a he's a bit smaller. That's one thing you notice. He's a, he's about six foot tall at best, but he's able to get around and, and get the ball out 
And then when he runs, my goodness, he did a helicopter flip into the end zone, and then it knocked the lights out of the stadium. I mean, that's the other thing. What a what a debut for uh, GJ Kitty over there. They had an hour and forty minute weather delay, and then Lindsey Scott gets in the end zone, and the 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 power goes out in the stadium, and so there's another delay. Anything that could happen did, and they handled it all beautifully. Yeah. So do your expectations kind of raise? Or are they the same as they were when you came into the season? No, actually, I, I'm I'm really high on UIW. That that was really impressive. Now I want to see what they do. You know, week one, I try not to overreact to week one because you will always teams prepare all offseason for this for that first team a lot of times. So I want to see how they do this week at Nevada will be interesting just to see how they, how they hang, but we won't really know more uh, until later in the season on them. That's a Nevada team that beat Texas state 38 to 14. It was weird. Nevada was only a one point favorite over Texas state. Uh, We saw what incarnate word did to Texas state in 2021. So kind of a measuring stick there for, uh, for the Cardinals and Coach Kenny, it was an impressive, impressive first start. We'll move on to uh, our second game of the week. Mary Harden Baylor, the, divi- the defending Division Three national champions, knocked off number eleven ranked Mullenberger College. I think I said that right, sixty-two to thirteen. Uh, and the coaching debut of longtime Crusader, Crusader assistant Larry Harmon. Lone Star fifty member Kyle King completed nineteen of twenty-eight passes for three hundred and seventy-nine yards and six scores. And as a team, the Crusaders ran for 295 yards and three scores on a seven-yard and carry average. The defense pitched a shut in the sec- shutout in the second half. Corey, is this, I mean, is Mary Harden Baylor just rinse and repeat? Is this program to a point where it doesn't really matter kind of what you're losing at head coach or on the roster? They're, they're going to be a national title contender year in, year out. You know, I, I put it out on Twitter that uh, I understood. I upset the Mary Harden Baylor players and fans in the magazine. But my goodness, go easy, guys. Let's we <laughs> goodness gracious. What a showing they put up. And it was what what I found most impressive is the running game. That's what they were built off of during their real dominant times. Last year was more of a passing attack. They they went through the playoffs because Kyle King got hot. Brandon Jordan on the outside, who by the way, that catch he made this last week. I put the highlight out on Twitter. That is a must-see catch he he caught that ball is one-handed the kid is just and he blocked a punt too so your star wide receiver is blocking a punt and I say star wide receiver you got KJ Miller he is so fast out there and to be able to run the ball have that running game is a dimension that has been kind of faded the last few years defensively they gave up a few more, but they're playing a good team. Muhlenberg is number 11. The, the Mules are not a bad team at all. So I expected them to move the ball some. And, and there are things they're going to get worked out from this. But, man, watching that game and then watching what Harden Simmons did to Wayland Baptist, I I cannot wait for that matchup. I, I am so excited. It is It is dominating my thoughts already, and we're only in week one. If there is a weakness for Mary Harden-Baylor that Harden-Simmons or really anybody else on this schedule uh, can take advantage of, what is that? Like, what what is the weakness of this team? Is there even a weakness of this team? Or is this, you know, again, just another favorite to win a national championship? Uh, the the formula for beating Mary Harden-Baylor is, will always be the same as long as they're this dominant. And it's not easy at all. It's you got to run the ball. 
you have to out physical them at the line of scrimmage. You have to be able to run the ball and then you have to shut them down. And then at the end, you hope and pray that you win by about two to three points. Okay. And that's that, and that's what it's been. You know, Wisconsin Whitewater, when they beat them in the playoffs a couple of years ago, it was that way. It was a physical. When when Harden Simmons got up on them in the first half, it was very physical. Trinity, I was at that playoff game last year. Trinity played them as close as, as just about anyone last year, and it was defense, a lot of defense, and then – they run the ball some. It's just so hard to move on that defense a lot of times. So you've got to get get some plays. You got to have a quarterback that can move. Uh, look, Harden Simmons, their quarterback this weekend. That that was one that he can move, um, and he showed off some uh, some ability there. They had uh, Galen Glenn in there, Waco Connolly product. So having him in there was really big. Um, uh, Kay, uh, Horn at um, at Trinity, he's yeah. another one. He he's very very shifty. He can get out of the pocket. He can create some some problems. So those are the type of teams. It's very few. I think I put in uh, in the there's very very few teams capable of playing with or beating Mary Harden Baylor. It, it, the number is about five in the country. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but hey, this week we'll find out a lot about about them again this week too. Yeah, I mean, that was a, you know, a number 11 ranked team that they beat by 50 points, basically. So kind of lapping the field right now. I'm with you. That Harden-Simmons game later on this month is going to be excellent. Moving to, to our third game here to talk about, Texas Westland moves to 2-0 and on the season after a 48-21 to win over number 20 ranked Arizona Christian University. The Rams were up 11-0 after the first quarter and outscored ACU 10-0 in the fourth. Ernest Caesar rushed for 190 yards and two scores as a team. The Rams ran for 319 yards and four touchdowns. Quarterback Delton Dale completed 11 of 21 passes for 220 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about this game. Just how how impressive have the Rams been, you know, through two weeks? You know, it, this this performance this week was maybe the most impressive performance of any team in, in the sub-FBS level, simply because they had a rough week. People didn't realize they, they lost a teammate, Charles Trammell the third, a former teammate, Charles Trammell the third, was helping a stranded motorist when he was killed uh, by a drunk driver. So it was, and then they had that memorial on Wednesday. Now they're going to play an Arizona Christian team that's ranked. Arizona Christian has been one of the standards in the, the Sooner Athletic Conference. And they walked in there and they obliterated them. That was an impressive showing. They were the better team by far from the start. They just dominated. A 48-21 does not exactly give out the domination against a good Arizona Christian team. They held that offense under 300 yards, and that's an offense that puts up over 40 points a game. They, they just look so good. They're meeting with Ottawa, Arizona coming up. They host them in a couple of weeks. That is going to be – it's going to be for the Sooner Athletic Conference title. And you know what? This could be the year – Rams are, what, year five or six in their rebuilding of the fo- – restarting of the football program. They could be in the playoffs this year. They have that kind of talent. Yeah, I mean, dominated in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, it was really impressive. Uh, Dalton Dale, you know, he's not – let's talk about Dalton Dale for a while because, like, I feel like that running game is going to be really good. Like we touched on, the defense was really good against a good team. 
does he do, do enough? Is that kind of stat line going to be enough uh, for the Rams this year? Kind of around 50% passing, but it's more about, you know, game management, not kind of not making mistakes more than so than like finding explosive plays. That's the key. That's the key for Dalton Dell. He, he has the ability to extend plays. Uh, he, Look, in AI, you don't always get the most accurate passers a lot of times, but it's the ability to make, to run. He he can really hurt teams with his feet. He makes really good decisions, and that ability to not turn the ball over with the running game that they have, they've got speed, they've got a huge offensive line. That offense will roll if Dalton Dell takes care of the football. Yeah. And so that that's going to be the key. The other thing is fumble. They they. They, they have had a tendency at times to put the ball on the ground a little bit this year. That needs to be short, short up before they play Ottawa. But now nah, this team looks, looks the part so far through two weeks. Before we get to the, to the preview of this upcoming week's game, let's talk about the Lone Star Conference for a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of results, Angelo State uh, won, UT Permian Basin and Midwestern State lost, Western Texas, West Texas A&M won, Texas A&M Kingsville won. Just overall this weekend, kind of what results kind of stood out to you when you look at the scores from the Lone Star Conference? By far the craziest conference of the entire week. Uh, it just – I don't have no idea what to expect week to week now in the Lone Star Conference. And for starters, six Angelo players who were part of the 2022 recruiting class were arrested last week on Tuesday and Wednesday for assault and robbery of someone on campus. They're no longer on – the roster, they're no longer participating in team activities. They'll no longer play college football. You know, they they will their their career in college football in college athletics is over from that, and rightfully so. Then they go out on the field and they shut out a good Chadron State team. That was a you know, I mean they're not they're not really, really good, but they're at least average. And, and they went out and shut them out. They got some offensive things. The offensive line is what I was most interested in. They look pretty good. They've got a whole. They got four new new faces on that offensive line, and they their pass blocking was superb. Run blocking needs some work, but pass blocking was really good. Midwestern State they got torched. The Thunderwolves torched that secondary, and that does not that doesn't say good things for the Mustangs this week because Eastern New Mexico's quarterback is very accurate. He's a transfer, I believe, and um, he's very accurate, and also he's especially on that deep ball. He hit two long passes this week. So Midwestern has their hands full as they start Lone Star Conference. Permian surprised me of how well they, uh, just how they got muscled. They were bullied in that game. Southwest Baptist came out from the start, not expected to do much this year, and they just flat bullied the Falcons. But the most impressive team of the week was West Texas. Number 17, Western Colorado, Granted, they were without their running back coming into the game, but it, that running back made no difference in a 44-6 win. What WT did is really good. That was a statement. Now the question is, what, what Hunter Hughes talked about with me at Media Day, can they be consistent? And yeah. that really is the question for the boss. We know they have this talent. Nick Gerber was outstanding, really accurate there early on. Compton, the running back, is so fast. He he's shown an extra level. He's really improved this year. They've got the tools. Can they be consistent? That's what we'll see moving forward. 
the Lone Star kind of reminds me of the Sun Belt and where like you just have no idea what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of points. It's going to be weird. There's going to be some upsets. But like trying to predict week to week what happens in the Lone Star is, is virtually impossible. Oh, it is. And man, it's it's going to be the most intriguing conference week to week, but it definitely is not the most dominating conference. <laughs> right. Uh, so maybe it's more like Conference USA. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh, to this coming weekend of games, moving to the preview section. Let's start with Prairie View A&M. They, they knocked off rival Texas Southern 40-23 to in week one. They're going to play an in-state team in Abilene Christian Saturday night at 7 p.m. in Abilene. Abilene Christian also 1-0 thanks to a 28-14 win. Over a Lamar team, this is what I want to ask you. Was that concerning 28-14 for Abilene Christian over Lamar, or is that a sign that Lamar is getting a little bit better? Well, from a Lamar point of view, they showed a couple of explosive offensive plays in the first quarter. For From the Abilene Christian point of view, it's concerning your defensive backs gave up those explosive right. plays. The, the concerning part for Lamar is that was the only offense they had. Where and So they're a team that needs to move the ball consistently down the field, use that running game. It never got on track. The offensive line and Lamar, I know they have everybody back, but they still look about a year a year away or so from, from really being there. On the flip side, Abilene Christian, they've got dudes. They've got dudes at quarterback Maverick McIver. They've got Kobe Clark. Uh, this team, they've got dudes, at, and not just Kobe Clark. Like they have people around him to help him out there. Kendall Catalan came on and just had a, an amazing game. They're big, and they're really their defensive line was really solid against Lamar. This is an intriguing game for me because Trazon Connolly was terrific in the Labor Day Classic against Texas Southern. So, and, and he made really, really good decisions on the RPO. He showed a lot of advancement from his last few years. So, if he continues to do that, They've got a chance this week. This is this is such an intriguing game. I've got this as one of the games because I can't wait to watch it to just see what happens. We're going to learn a lot about both teams because, again, week one, you don't overreact, but week two, two new head coaches, this is going to be a fun one in Abilene. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, how do you think this one goes? You got a score prediction? Who do you think wins? I think, I think Abilene Christian probably wins. Uh, it will probably be – in the seven to 10 point range. Uh, most likely I know Massey, the Massey ratings, which could be very inaccurate early in the season, but they, they've got a Abilene Christian probably 14 to, to 20. And I think that's a little high. I, I think Prairie View, the, the question for Prairie View is their defense. They're going to have to, they're going to have a hard time stopping Abilene Christian. Yeah. I lost a couple guys with the transfer portal uh, late for Bubba McDowell's team. So kind of scrambling at a few spots there. Uh, moving on to to the next game, Angelo State at Colorado Mines, 1 p.m. Saturday in Colorado. Angelo State 1-0 after that 35-0 victory we talked about a little bit earlier. Colorado Mines 0-1, but they only lost by three points, the number five ranked Grand Valley State. Kind of what are you looking for? What are you excited for in this matchup? This is a rematch of the quarterfinals last year where Mines beat Angelo State in the Division II playoffs. So this already has – storylines all over the place. And I'm interested to see how Mines rebounds from that loss to Grand Valley. That's a good Grand Valley team. Grand Valley State is like the Notre Dame of Division Two. Regardless of how good they really are, they're always top five to start the season. That's just how it is. So it, 
that win told me a little more about Grand Valley. We'll see about Mines. Angelo's going to have, I think they got an advantage this week. The Mines have lost a little bit, and uh, we'll see. This one, we're, the, the offensive line, like I talked about earlier, the Rams' offensive line will get tested. We will know where they stand regionally in Super Region 4 and, and then on a level nationally after this week. It, it's really going to be a fun one. The next game, Mary Hardin Baylor, where we talked about earlier, they they have a really hard kind of first couple games of the schedule test themselves, which is probably a smart thing to do when you know you're going to make deep playoff runs year in, year out. The Crusaders head on the road uh, to face number six, Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, you know, this one's got a chance to be a really, really good game. What do you think a, a couple keys to this game are? This is another one that's a rematch of Division Three playoffs last year at Wisconsin Whitewater and – Whitewater lost this last week to a ranked team, uh, St. John's. St. John's beat them, and they beat them pretty handily. So this is one that, first, I want to give credit to Mary Harden Baylor. They have not always scheduled teams like this, but I love the way they're scheduled. They're capable of, of going in here. Losing one of these games won't kill their playoff hopes, and winning both of them just kind of solidifies their playoff position. I love it. It's better than watching them beat teams 93 to nothing, as we've seen at times over the last few years. Uh, the, the keys to this game, it starts on the offensive line. Mary Harden Baylor should dominate again. They dominated last year in the playoffs on that offensive line. Wisconsin Whitewater had no answer for Kyle King in the passing game with Brandon Jordan. UMHB, this is, this is one that, you know, Muhlenberg, first week of the season, they're fired up. They're motivated. Now that week's over. Now we're happy. Are we? I know they've been here before, but starting off with the number 11 team in the country is not what the crew have traditionally done under Pete Fredenberg. So now how do they, do they start eating that cheese? So to speak, you know, is this one where they go, okay, that was great. We really are pretty good. Or is that fire for week two, the same as for week one, that's going to be pretty telling this weekend. Yeah, I mean, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but there's not a bigger change week to week from week one to week two. You know, like sometimes you kind of get teams regressing to the mean. Sometimes you get teams overperforming to that mean after a, a bad week one. So never really know what you're going to get, but I'm with you. If you're a Mary Harden Baylor, you're a national cont- title contender year in, year out. If you dominate your conference most of the time, maybe one game's tough every conference play. You need a couple of these games. It's like a, it's like a team in high school that dominates their district year in and year out. You kind of got to put some guys on the out-of-conference schedule, out-of-district schedule uh, to give you some warm-up games, give you some early tests. So good on the Crusaders uh, for giving themselves some tests early and giving us fans something something to pay attention to, something to watch early. Uh, Last big game of the week, we're going to preview Trinity at Wheaton. Uh, Trinity 1-0 after a blowout win over Sol Ross. I know we're both high on Trinity. Uh, and their their chances to, to compete at the Division three level. Kind of what are you hoping to see this week from them? This is the toughest game remaining on their regular season schedule, according to the Massey ratings. And you know what? I, I can't say it's wrong on this one. Wheaton is a good team. This is another top 25 matchup. It's awesome that we have two top 25 matchups in Division three in the in state of Texas this week. Um, you know, and Harden Simmons isn't playing a walkover. Like these, these games are are just incredible this way. I, I'm looking for Trinity. I want to see how that offense does against a Wheaton team 
how much they've progressed since that, that playoff loss to Mary Harden Baylor last year. That's really the one area they're going to need more out of if they hope to upset the crew this season. The defense is just the, – the defense is tremendous. And, and they're a workmanlike team. They, they really do take on their coach's mentality. You know, Jeremy Urban is – He's a business-like guy. He's going to go about it. He's not. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. The team just takes on that mentality. And when they get in that business-like out there, like they did against Sol Ross after a weather delay, it was just workmanlike all the way through. Exactly what you would expect. They're not going to run up the score. They may not have the depth of some teams, but that Trinity team, it, it, I want to see how they do it. This offense, like I said, if they can put up a good amount of points against Wheaton, that'll really show me that the, how a step they've taken forward come playoff time. Yeah, we've talked about it before. A lot of really good football in San Antonio. UTSA is on their way to Army after taking Houston's triple overtime. Incarnate Word with a dominant week one win going to Nevada. And now Trinity 1-0 and heading into a top 25 matchup in week three. So if you live in San Antonio – uh, I know high school football is always pretty good there, but there's a lot of good college football at every single division uh, right in your backyard. So uh, a good time for football in San Antonio. And then a good time for us because we just did that in about 32 minutes, and I was aiming for about 30. So uh, I'm pretty impressed with our time clock management there this early off, on in the season. We, uh, a couple of co college coaches could learn from us, I believe. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's a pros. Let's, let's, might as well just throw it out there. Mike McCarthy clock management is not a school anybody wants to attend. It is not one you're going to learn a lot. And, <laughs> and the Cowboys starting this week, that, that kind of just goes with it. You know, the Mike McCarthy school of clock management. Oof, that's rough. All righty. Well, appreciate Corey Hogue for coming on and dropping knowledge. I uh, hope everybody who's listening appreciates this episode. Please rate, like, subscribe, five star, all the stuff. Everybody knows the drill at this point for a podcast. Uh, but, yeah, we'll do this every every Tuesday, kind of the same format. If you have uh, games that you were really interested in or games that you're interested in coming up, please shoot us our, our way. Uh, you can find all our work at TexasFootball.com. Corey does the Blitz every Wednesday. He also highlights a, a game of the week. He also covers uh, one game each Saturday and gives you three thoughts on it. So uh, plenty of content on TexasFootball.com. I tell people all the time it's not just a high school website. We do, we do plenty of college football stuff, so uh, please come by and look at all that from the FBS level through FCS through Division Two, Division Three, JUCO. We do it all. We put out a new Texas 47 uh, this morning that kind of puts every, every program into a different tier. So uh, we're off and running 2022. I feel like we're covering it as hard and as, as fast as we can this year. Yeah, the Texas 47 is awesome. I love that idea that, that you had there. Um, and there's a lot of movement, and there will be every week. That's what makes it so much fun. And, and I want to thank you, Mike, uh, for embracing these, these small colleges in Texas. I try to use the term maybe sub-FBS more because some people get a little – their feelings get hurt about being called small college. But I, I just thank you so much for embracing them, getting this podcast going. It, it is awesome, and I really think this is going to do well uh, – you know, comparatively speaking, I, I think there's a market for this out there. I mean, I think what makes the state of Texas so special, and we see it in the high school stuff, right? Like, we'll put out a 2A or 3A story and don't get as many clicks, if not more, than a 6A story, right? And yeah. I feel like it's true here in Texas and college football as well. 
know, UTSA gets as many views as Texas a lot of times. You know, people want to know about Incarnate Word, about Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, you know, Mary Harden, Trinity. Like the depth of football in the state, the talent of the state that trickles up from high school to college is impressive. And I'm, I'm glad that we're able to highlight it. So uh, looking forward to this series and uh, we'll talk to you next week, sir. Sounds good. Enjoy week one's over. Let's get ready for week two and let's have a lot more fun with it. All righty. See you all next week.